Chapter 9 The next morning kicks off day two of my new job. I wake up ahead of my alarm clock and flow through a 6 a.m. yoga class before returning home to shower and wait for Jake's call. He'll beckon me for our next outing when he's ready. Meanwhile, I call my mother to fill her in. What's his name? She asks. Jake Easton. Have you heard of him? No, but that means nothing. I hear the tap of my mother's fingers on her computer keys. Like many, since mom caught full wind of the internet, she's become the consummate researcher. Oh, oh wow. What? He wrote several hits with the troubadours. Cha-ching! Mom, please. Well, it looks like he's practically a troubadour himself. Isn't that interesting? What? He's romantically linked to Catherine Millay. I'm not sure I even know who she is. I'm not surprised, Cicely. Jake Easton is 30 years older than you. What's that supposed to mean? I'm on the defense. He's my boss. How does his age factor into this? Well, if you were my age, you'd know. Catherine Millay was one of the top female singers in the 70s and 80s, renowned for that exquisite voice and captivating beauty. My mother stirs up my jealousy. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the troubadour started out as her backup band. She pauses, and I hear her fingers. Ooh, he's done some acting, too. My ears perk up. Yeah, I heard that somewhere. What's he done? He had a recurring role on Baby Boomers. Oh, and he was in My Darling? Ooh, he's a much bigger name in the music industry, though. I'm surprised I haven't heard of him. He's written a ton of songs. Oh, and he had a top 10 solo hit, Lonely But Not Alone, in 1979. Oh, the year you turned four. How sweet. I think I remember that song. Yeah, he gave me one of his CDs. That song is beautiful. This is all very interesting, sissy. You have plans to work with him again today? How much is he paying you? How is he paying you? What do you mean, how is he paying me? He's paying me with money, mother. $15 an hour. I'll bill his business manager every two weeks. And yes, I am working with him again today. Well, what did you two do yesterday? I don't know. We sort of hung out, ran some errands, ate sushi, drank sake. Uh-huh. And you're billing him for all those hours you spent with him, right? Well, yeah, I suppose that's fair. I flash back to Jake and I perched atop Lexi last night. Imagine myself pulling out an invoice and presenting it to him as the sun sets. Do you think there's going to be a problem with him wanting to get involved with you? I fucking hate it when my mother reads my mind. It's invasive. Why do you have to go there, Mom? Oh, I don't know. That's just the way life goes sometimes. Usually. Jake calls at 11. I'm jittery from my third cup of coffee and eager to get going. Hello? Hey, parts. Jake refers to me by a newly coined nickname inspired by a random anecdote I shared with him yesterday. I blush. Hey there. Are you all yoga'd up? I am. Are you? Yep. Yoga and a cup of joe and I'm about ready to go. Took me a while to get the sleep rubbed out of my eyes this morning. My thoughts kept me awake last night. Not sure what that's about. I guess you've been up for hours, eh? Before the sun. Impressive. What do you say? 
Meet me at the Devil's Cabin at noon? We'll head to storage from here. Guitars await. You got it. Oh, I got it good, he drawls, making my insides cartwheel. I'll see you soon. Itching to get out of the apartment, I can't bear the thought of waiting another minute for my day with Jake to begin. But waiting is part of a personal assistant's job. I'm waiting on my boss, not on a man I'm dating, I remind myself as I grab my journal and lock the front door behind me. In a quaint mom-and-pop coffee shop on Sunset Boulevard, I order a veggie sandwich and a double espresso. I settle down to write in my journal and let the hours slip away. On my way out, I order a double espresso to go, complete with napkin, coffee stirrer, and a packet of sugar, just in case Jake should fancy it. I am prepared for my new boss. My heart thumps with excitement and caffeine as I walk the pathway up to the devil's cabin. The front door is open and I hear Jake whistle a sweet melody as I step inside. A beautiful black guitar leans against the green velvet sofa back, lined in mother of pearl with a head in the shape of Texas. The instrument glows from across the room, just begging to be handled. The scene tugs at my heart as Jake struts out of his bedroom into the living room. He stops short. Our eyes meet. His melody halts mid-note. He drinks me in, as I hoped he would. Look at you. He breathes. Yesterday, I'd thrown myself together, planning to dig through dirty old equipment with my new boss. This morning, I blew my hair straight, applied makeup, and selected a tank top that clings to my breasts. I wanted to feel good no matter where this day with Jake leads. So far, it's working. Can I interest you in a double shot? I extend the espresso. You come bearing gifts? Looks like you've hit the jackpot, boss, I wink. I believe I have. His eyes shift downward. That looks good, he drawls. I'll take the sugar, just this once. Aware of his stare on my breast, I hand him the packet of sugar and ask, You got the goods? Jake nods toward a beautiful Japanese matchbox on the counter as he rips open the sugar packet. I slide open the matchbox and find it's filled with tight, beautiful buds of crystallized marijuana. It looks like we've both hit the jackpot. Jake raises his cup. We fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. He slams the espresso. You got the parts? Parts? Yesterday, I shared with Jake that my family owns a wholesale water pipe parts company called Only Parts. Jake found this infinitely amusing and instantly started calling me Parts. From my back pocket, I produce a small metal pipe that looks like a miniature baseball bat. Say hello to the one-hit wonder. I display the piece in my open palm, realizing I'll actually be smoking the one-hit wonder with a bona fide one-hit wonder. Si, poker. Jake puts on an exaggerated French accent as he holds up a paper clip and slips it into the matchbox. We're all set, parts. Maybe you'd better drive Lexi, I suggest. It feels strange asking my boss to chauffeur, but I figure it's for his own safety. I want to get nice and stoned. I pass the one-hit wonder to Jake from the passenger seat and exhale a stream of lazy smoke through the sunroof into the clear blue sky. Christ, we're low on gas, Jake says as we spill from the canyon onto Coinga Pass. Eh, 
We could go for miles. I pat the dashboard. I do it all the time. We'll leave that experiment for the next trip. Jake pulls Lexi up to a pump at the gas station. He jumps out and inserts his credit card into the machine. I scramble out after him and grab the pump. I can't argue with him paying for gas since we are doing his errands. Besides, I have no money. But for the love of God, I can pump my gas. Just as I'm about to insert the nozzle into the gas tank, Jake comes up from behind me and takes it from my hand. His touch makes my body tense up in some sort of sexually charged defense. I'll take that. He allows no argument. Lexi is gurgling like a baby with a full belly as Jake pulls into the parking lot of the sushi restaurant. A quick stop for fish, he states. Again with the fish. Uh, I ate on the way to your house. I dare to defy him. Never do that, he scolds. Always ask first. His tone jolts through me. Now I have to ask his permission to eat? Internal conflict punches my gut. I feel out of control. One minute, I'm living it up, exploring the world with my new best friend. The next minute, I'm paranoid my jackpot job is indecent and sure to blow up in my face. I'm swinging like a pendulum. What am I starting with this older man? I've already established a shit-kicking, pot-smoking, sake-drinking, fish-eating relationship with Jake. There's not much professionalism inherent to this situation. Can I steer us in a different direction? Or is it already too late? You can usually count on a good meal around the corner with me. Jake softens his tone. We can eat later. Let's get to the warehouse. He pulls out of the parking lot. Jake was only being generous. I feel foolish for looking a gift horse in the mouth. Before I know it, we're back to laughing like children. We pass the one-hit wonder back and forth as we drive past the iconic Warner Brothers water tower toward Jake's instrument inventory in Burbank. Just until we break apart.